Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. My name is Alec Mappa. I'm an actor, comedian. I live in Hollywood. I am not a drag queen, but like you, I am a super fan. And today we have a huge treat because we have the latest eliminated queen from All Star 6. Spoiler alert in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Trinity K. Bonet. So excited she's on the show today. Let's get into it. Trinity, welcome. Okay, I'm going to fangirl for a minute, and then I'll let you talk. You are, to me, the unsung hero of this season and season six. When you were on season six, I was rooting for you so bad. And every time you said, I'm not an actress, I'm not an actor, I'm not an actor, I was like, you're an actor. You embody, when you lip sync, you channel whoever you're lip syncing. And I remember for the one of the lip syncs for your life, when you did I'm Every Woman, you completely transformed. Mm-hmm. You completely transformed. And then yeah. you made RuPaul lose her shit during the stand-up challenge. You made her cry, which is, like she said, impossible to do because of all the Botox. And, yeah. but, and then you hit us with all your looks. And then you hit us with the revelation that you're HIV. And that turns you into like a superhero. Like the right. arc of you on that season is absolutely amazing. And then you come back when I came back to be the guest coach and you bounded out, you were like a completely different person to me. Yeah. I was for a second. I was like, who is that? And then when you opened your mouth, I was like, holy shit, because your energy is so different. Now, do you feel you came in to this season differently than you had in your first season? Oh, definitely. Um, You get, I mean, seven years is a long time to grow up and uh, figure yourself out. Yeah. To figure yourself out. Um, and, and to do everything differently, to all, make a uh, correct all the mistakes you made the first time. Um, mm-hmm. when I said things like I wasn't an actor and I wasn't a comedian and things of that nature, I said that because that wasn't my, um, chosen profession. I, I, I right? didn't go into drag thinking, oh, I needed to be, that drag was acting and, and being a comedian and. Being, I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it as, you know, lip singing a song. Right. You know, getting money, putting on girls' clothes. But I uh, also had a very young mentality. I started doing drag when I was like 13. So, you know, that's know what that. it was for me. Yeah. And and I grew up around pageantry. And pageantry didn't consist of acting and, and, and comedic, uh, comedians and things like that. You know, um, it was just about the glitz and the glam and the beauty. Okay. So, I'm going to stop you for a second. Because I'm going to stop you. Pageantry to me, there is a there because you like are really it. Do yourself a favor, folks. After this podcast, go fall down a Trinity K Bonet YouTube rabbit hole because there is so much footage of you in these pageants. Yeah, to me, that's acting because you yeah. are embodying this other thing. It calls upon your like you said, you're putting on ladies' clothes, but it's beyond that. If it was just that, anybody could do it. But what you do is performance. You are the energy you put out. You're you're creating this incredible illusion, and I feel that's the best acting of all. Yeah, well, I I, I totally agree with you now that yeah, that is definitely yeah. the definition of what I do. But at the time, that's mm-hmm. what I was telling myself. 
Um, yeah. And, and you, and you, you deal with yourself in the mindset that you have at that time. That's, I didn't cre- give myself enough credit to say that I could mm. or that I already was. So that was the first, you know, defense. It was like, well, shit, I've never done this before. Not thinking I've been doing right. this all along. So, um, right. yeah, that experience was that, but I take that and I look back at it and, um, I pushed myself to put myself in situations where I felt awkward because it was very awkward to be in front of cameras and your fellow competitors uh-huh. and the judges and try to put on a great performance. And I don't care how you put it. Everybody who goes on stage and does something, think that they're the shit that they that they put out right? the best product possible in their heads. But the other people watching are like, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I've always been one of those people who are very cautious about what people thought of my artistry. And if I felt like I was making a fool of myself, I would shut down a little bit. But through time, oh. like, give me the mic. I want to host. I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. Hey, put me in a show. Let me, you know, put me in a yeah. video. Let me do more things. Put myself out there. Let me speak at speaking engagements. Let me, yes. Let me push this narrative that I can be these things. And it made it a lot more comfortable. I still have never taken mm. an improv class or acting class or stuff like that, but I have hosts. I have been in uh, different situations where I have had to speak up and be the, the big voice in the room, and it made me more Right, right. And then yeah. now going back on All Stars, all of that stuff was organic. Like, I wasn't nervous. Um, I understood that, as people would say, I understood the assignment. You know, it was like... Everything yeah. made sense to me. It, there, I don't think there was any challenge, honestly, that I bombed at on season six other than the talent show. And the only reason why I don't feel like I bombed in that, even though I bombed, was because I did something that ev- nobody else did, one. Two, I, test, uh-huh. I, I pushed the envelope as to, like, I want to make this work. Right. I want to put this type, right. of, this type of energy out because everybody knows me for being a dancer, a powerhouse an illusionist. Mm-hmm. I want to push some, I want to play with something that I know uh, can be a little iffy in a sense. Right. Um, and it's, and it's not noted that I have been funny before or that I can do funny. So it's not like I can't do it. You, you demonstrated a lot of bravery in that, like you said, when you get up in front of people and there's always a possibility for you to look like a complete asshole. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like doing stand up. Stand up and drag both have the toughest audiences ever. You yeah. go out there and there's an expectation for you to kill it. And you're tried and true. I mean, you've been in the clubs and everything. So you could definitely, I, I admire your bravery in you pushing beyond your comfort zone. Now you mentioned earlier, and I this is the first time I'm hearing this about you, that you started drag when you were 13. And I mm-hmm. think your fans would want to know the genesis of that. What happened? What's What's going on in 13? Where are you? Where are you living? And how does that happen? Um, I was, well, I was living in Miami uh, at the time. My mom uh, is bisexual. And at the time she Mm -hmm. was dating women. And um, it it was my environment. I grew up around a lot of trans women, drag queens. Uh, My house was what one would call Camilla's house. Like if you got put out, if you're, you know, if you wasn't accepted, people came and stayed with us. So it was a lot of oh, I love that. traffic at my house growing yeah. up. Um, and those people were affiliated with the show scene and the pageant scene. And, you know, at 13, it was the first time I saw Miss Continental. It was 1998, uh, Michelle Dupree. Mm. 
that's the first drag I had ever seen. And, wow. and in that moment, not understanding what I was watching, I knew I was going to be a part of that page. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did your mom take you or did your mom's friends take you to the pageant? I, the very first pageant I went to was the Miss Flea Market pageant, <laughs> which is like this <laughs> local pageant in Miami that was huge yeah. years ago. Years yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, a local pageant. I like the and sound that of that. First, flea Market yeah, pageant. It was the flea, Miss Flea Market. It was. And you won $500 <laughs> and you won another $500 nice. in Flea Market tokens. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so... Uh, and, and and some of the biggest names in, in, in show business have done this pageant. I mean, Jasmine Bonet yeah. and Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington and Aja. Just these are you know pageant girls. But yeah, I went to that and I was like, I could do this. And mind you, I was a drama student in middle school. So it uh-huh. already kind of went hand in hand. And I was like, I could do this. And my mom was like, okay. But of course, I'm not old enough to get in clubs and stuff. So she would have house right. pageants and parties. <gasps> and I would perform oh. And that's how I was able to perform. Um, yeah. And she bought me, oh my God, makeup yeah. and hair and costumes. On At the time, eBay was big. On eBay, she was yeah. getting dresses. And I had everything for Mac. I knew nothing about makeup, how to use it, how to apply it. But yeah, anything, yeah. the whole, she bought the whole case, everything that you could wow. have in there. Yeah, my mom was very Thanks, very mom. I mean, yeah. you don't have the you don't have the crucible that a lot of the queens have coming into the show of having unsupportive families. Yeah. I mean, you had a mom who really affirmed who you were. So, 13 years old, your mom buys all this stuff on eBay. You get up at a house party. What are you performing? And what do you look like? Oh, the first performance I ever did was uh, Monica Before You Walk Out of My Life. And uh-huh. I had or a red sequence dress and like this like burgundy-ish red wig with a bang. It was awful. Yeah. And my mom's friend Tangela worked for Mac and she did my makeup and all of these gold heels. I remember exactly. Yeah. It was this red sequence dress with a split up the right leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you get up and are you liberated by this experience? Do people are, there's a baby drag queen up there. Are people giving you love? Are they I've always I've always been a mimicker. Like I could do anything mm-hmm. I see. So right. I would just watching those continental tapes and watching, you know, the other entertainers play around the house and stuff, I mimic them. And I used to get at 13 and 14, like you are gonna be like you're gonna be something to to see. Like Yes. People were already saying that about you back then. Yeah, and you and it doesn't register to you. You just think, okay, well, yeah, I'm no, good. You're just good. a kid okay, having you, fun. You yeah, and then you hear it more and more and more. It wasn't. It hasn't been until recently in my life that I've actually really started like taking in what people are saying, right? Because I've never really felt or saw what people saw in me. Right. It sounds to me as if your perception of yourself has changed, and certainly seeing yourself on a reality show. There's no other way to kind of see yourself, right? I mean, it's kind of not everybody has that experience of I did 13 episodes of a reality show that was broadcast all over and people see me at my absolute best and my absolute worst. I mean, your experience six years ago watching yourself, what was going through your head when you saw it for the first time? What Um, was your opinion of yourself? I don't think I've ever really fully watched my season all the way through. I was there. I knew knew how I, yeah, I knew how it went. I knew how it was going to come across. 
That's, it's my favorite season. It's my. I was even in the season finale audience when you came out in the Game of Thrones thing. Mm-hmm. It's and and everybody went crazy, and you did this thing like, "Oh, stop!" It was it was mm-hmm. so funny. Um, let's go over some of your looks. Can we talk a little bit about your looks this this yes. season? Because you, yes. oh my gosh! So um, you, I'm I'm starting with uh, after the work stuff. Uh, let me see. I'm just okay. The Cinderella. The Cinderella, the Disney Cinderella dress. Oh God, I absolutely made magical! You made that. I made. It was a conventional challenge. We had to make. Uh, we had to make something out of these conventional materials. I think yes. where I missed the mark at was the fashion part of it, because I really wanted um, to win that blue ball, and I was uh, really over it that I didn't win it because I was like, "Bitch, I made a whole ball gown. I stoned a whole corset in a day." Like I was dedicated and pushed, and I had to do that because I, I was like, okay, I was in the bottom of the first episode, legendary lip sync assassin TKB bottom first episode. Yes. What the hell is wrong with you? And right. I told Serena, I was like, I'm not gonna let m- me winning over you go in vain. So I needed to push out some product, and I wanted to make sure that I did something that was gonna be memorable. So I said, well, I need to come it is, man. But it's not just the ball gown. You this is what I said. It's like I see you as an actor and you brought a whole character, you told the whole story, it was immediately identifiable. That's fucking Cinderella. I mean, it was just really great. Next one we have up. This is so much fun. Thanks for doing the podcast. I'm of so course. excited to have you on the show today. Um, the black. The black, um, the black sequins oh. dress, beautiful. This was like yeah. your redemption look, and it was like almost a nude illusion underneath, and then you had that crown on top. Did you make that as well? No, um, that look was sponsored by two designers, uh, Rico Chanel and yeah. uh, Couture Chaos. Um, did the shoulder piece like this rhinestone embellished chain? Yes shoulder piece and the bracelets and uh um, yes the corset that was on was all yes uh couture chaos and then the dress and the crown was rico chappelle and um the funny part about it is like i was like my promo look like i'm like my promo look was bad did i need to I like your promo but, look yeah yeah and i'm like okay you know what well maybe because i've never had a boot like on fashion photo review it was always two mm-hmm. so i was like well i never had a bad mm-hmm. look so they just picked something right. it was like okay go with so that they had to pick something but i'm glad they did cuz i i did like the second version of it it was very vampire uh oh met gosh gala, yeah. goth. like it, it came yeah. out really dope yeah yeah it was met gala goth vampirus pageant girl <laughs> yeah, right. right right okay N- next up we have this co- almost kind of like a I want to say coral number. It's like a crushed velvet and it's like a pageant gown. You had a train and it's, and you had those gigantic earrings on the side and that upswept hair. That was uh, my, actually that was my, it's a coral. uh, It was pleated, but it's um, my evening gown from Miss Continental 2019. And uh, I was wearing, I I brought that to wear for the finale. Because if I had and thoughts that I would make it to the finale, but uh, right, right. Uh, once I started seeing all the other girls put on their stuff, the first look that I brought, I was like, nah, it's not strong enough, and I put that gown on. Yeah, it's like just punch everybody in the teeth, like at the top of the show. What are you saving it for? 
just kill everybody right away. Yeah, you got to. You want to look nice all the way across the board. And then, like, that right. was a Super Bowl challenge. And I was, was like, they, okay. they liked it, but they didn't love it. And that's how you know. Um, the Super Bowl challenge, listen. The Beyonce number, um, like most Drag Race fans, I watch the show when it airs. And then mm-hmm. I continually watch it throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I will continually watch all my favorite parts. And watching you do that, Beyonce, and and kill it, I mean, that's that was amazing. How did that feel to do? Uh, it Well, shit, at, you want the story, like the at-the-time story? Because at the time, yeah, I yeah. was exhausted. You would never know. You would never know. Uh, and then I end up doing it like three times. And you're only supposed yeah. to do it twice. So if I, I had to do it enough, like a third time, and I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, what you, I was like, what, what happened? What's Listen, wrong? Why if they want another more? take, my philosophy is I'll do it as many times as you want until this, you know, you have the yeah. Lego pieces to edit this together and to, yeah. No, yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so Thank beautiful you. that someday you're going to have grandkids and you're going to sit them down. You're going to look, look at granny. Look at what she did. <laughs> that it's, But that was like one of the best, one of the yeah. best kind of lip syncs historically. So this is the thing. I hate that you're off the show, but you can walk away with your head held high. When you, yeah. you know, you could walk away with your head held fucking high. You fucking killed it this season. All right. Um, next, let's go. So we have so much to go through before we get to the commercial. Um, the the Wakanda look, the 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 African yeah. uh, Africana's future. You had your bleached hair and this metallic African print with the gold um, with the gold necklaces beautiful that that look was actually sponsored by kennedy davenport oh you're she, kidding uh, yes she let me wear that for patterns um and i it's don't look beautiful I'm, it really isn't you know I, i'm i'm grateful for the people who you know were in my corner and looked out for me because remember we're doing this in the middle of a pandemic and you uh-huh. know my pocket's not set up like everybody else's so right you have to you know use your resources and call for help you know, at a, at a time yeah. that you need it most, because I was. It not, was in the not middle known. of the pandemic. It was yeah. last August. Um, this <laughs> was beautiful. I didn't know it was Kennedy Davenport. Oh, oh yes. my goodness! This next one, this is drag to me. This gigantic yeah. black dress with that hat. It's <laughs> your living doll. It's it's so good, and there's different lengths. Your legs are showing, and you have that long tool train. And that nope. it's beautiful. It is how how does what does it take to get in and out of this thing? Well, it's really light because it's all tool. Um, that also oh, was made okay. by Rico Chappelle, House of Chappelle, and um, they, I made the hat, the hat skull piece, the pants, uh-huh. the belt in the hotel room, um, the dress party piece. <laughs> In the yeah, hotel room. In the hotel room. Because it needed some jewels, you know. This, you know, to me that's drag. It's because it's like, it's so much, it can't be too much. It's yeah. kind of like, it's not, it's not extra. It's everything. It's when you so think it's le- more, like add more. When you think it's too much, add yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. Okay. And then we come to pound the alarm. You are sombering down the sub, uh, the, the, um, the, uh, the runway in this, uh, uh, Mardi Gras outfit. This oh, it's so great. You, it, it reminded me so much of Pound the Alarm, and it, you had this kind of Brazilian 
flavor as you're coming down. So beautiful. How do you pack that? Uh, that was sent in the mail via <laughs> FedEx from was Florida it in pieces? to LA. Uh, it, the back piece folds. Oh, okay. It folds up, so it just opens and folds, and then the head piece was in the box as well. And you just so you're a Miami in. girl. You still live in Miami? Yes. No, I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. But Carnival is a huge part of Miami, isn't it? There's a yes. big... Yes. Uh, yeah, like LA, we have a big Latino culture. So beautiful. And then the, yeah. I think this was my favorite, the, well, the pop art one, because um, mm-hmm. this is really of the time. You did kind of a, a, a Liechtenstein look here with the bold pattern, but you incorporated Black Lives Matter into it. And I absolutely loved it. Everything about this. So beautiful. Who made this? Um, Vintage Hazel made that. Uh, uh, designer Stefan here in Atlanta. And right. we went back and forth about that. Because my, 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 my father was like, I don't, I don't think it needs to uh, look like a cartoon. It needs to look. And I, I was very adamant about the paint being on the yellow. And it having yeah. that art, you know, that illustrated look. But yeah. still coinciding with the pop art. And um, it came about because I wanted to do something that was going to be political and stand out. Like we were literally in the middle of having marches all over the fucking world. The world was having marches. The world was having marches. And I don't want that moment to go away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I don't want that moment to, and, and, and it breaks my heart. And I say this on the show every week that the Queens on the show go through so much to be on the show. They go through so much transphobia and racism and homophobia that if they're online, just show them love. Yeah. Just show everybody love. And especially the black Queens are subject to a completely different experience online than the other Queens. And also black Queens are the godmothers of the movement of the of the queer liberation movement uh, stonewall was all black queens it was all black trans queens i mean just kind of like understand your roots open up a book read a history stop the hate so the uh, next look uh the cat <laughs> this cheshire ah. cat looks like it's a disney photo op. i love right. it i love it well this was like the top five um the top five challenge and it's like i want to win I really, really, yeah. really want to win because I know that will solidify my top four spot. This is where the shit gets tricky, okay? Because, uh-huh. you know, the last two episodes, you know, I'm looking like sour puss in the face, but it's because I understood the math. You know, one, oh, I've never, yeah. I'm not even giving myself enough credit that I'm going to make it that far, you know? So right. now that I'm in the top five, it's like, I got to come up with something that's going to really wow them. And everybody was doing humanized characters and I wanted to do something that was going to stand out. So I was like, I have to it's be gorgeous. some type of creature. And that was the only thing I could think of. There's some furry out there listening or watching this show who is that, that's now their porn. You and Simone as the fox. Listen, we have a commercial break and then we're going to come right back. Do not go away. We're talking to Trinity K. Bonet. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this commercial break. And we're back. Your last look was, oops, I did it again. And yeah. it was the the safety pins. It was like, uh, you look like my waistband during the pandemic. There's all these pins holding you together. But you still looked fucking amazing. You still right. looked really, really gorgeous. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily an oops. But I mean, when Raja came out yeah. and like, like a shower, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. I kind yeah. of fully understood. Yeah. I, uh, again... You know, I had on a lot of loners, so that was another House of Chappelle garment. 
and I didn't want to ruin that dress. You know, Tony Braxton wore that dress in the war show. Shut and, uh, up. Right. That very so, dress? Yeah. That very dress. So I was like, uh, I can't I can't destroy this. This is mine. Uh, so I thought of I, that was the easiest thing I could think of that I could do that would be like a, a oops, you know. But it was still right. such a beautiful look that it was just like, ugh. How can how can I how can I fuck this up? I mean, right. how do I you know how am I gonna? I don't know how you could have done it, but I, you, even the pins looked great. So it was like you look you excelled in a challenge, and then at the same time you didn't look fucked up enough. Um, <laughs> your your monologue, I loved. I absolutely loved it, and and it also talks about to me the importance of story. Mm-hmm. You know, when they say. Uh, I have a, I have an adopted son, and I did a Showtime special about his adoption. Uh, my son out of foster care, and every once in a while, somebody comes up to me and says, "I adopted out of foster care because of you," or "I saw your comedy special and I adopted a, a kid out of foster care." And then that's the power of story of sharing right. your story. And you came out as HIV positive, as somebody who is ed- educated about it and experienced, and you changed the lives of so many people who are walking around feeling bad about themselves yeah. to the point where the person in the story was going to end their life. How does that feel for you? It's liberating and then it's humbling. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a little scary because I never really saw myself as like anybody's guardian angel. Or right. Or, right. You know, that, none that none of us not... walks around feeling that way. I mean, yeah. what kind of asshole does that? Yeah. It didn't, but then it's placed... <laughs> placed upon you and by so many people and they can buy mm-hmm. you just from you telling your own story or right. you know things of that nature and then they after they can buy you they, they're basically asking you for your advice there's a comedy album with millie jackson and one of her mm-hmm. favorite lines is people come up to me and said millie what should i do about this and what should i do about that and i always say well, uh, how am I supposed to know shit? <laughs> right. And that's how, I, exactly. That's how it is. It's like, how, how am I supposed to know shit? I'm just living yeah. my life. If you've got yeah. something out of my story, thank you. I think people want to thank you. I think, yeah. I think when, when your story has touched people or, or changed their lives in any way, I saw Sandra Bernhardt and Judy Gold perform together on a, our family cruise when I was thinking about adopting my husband. And I were thinking about adopting. And Judy Gold said, I'm so glad I didn't miss out on having kids. And that changed my mind. That's what turned me into a parent. I didn't want to miss out on that experience. Now my son's 16. He's a junior. You know, and it's kind of like you never know the the effect that your story is going to have on people. I think even like we're having a child. That's that's when you're at a place in your life where you you can provide and focus and give then it's a lot those <laughs> right you know and but those are the times where you're afforded the opportunity to do so and even with myself like i'm at a different place in my life where i can i can afford to give advice i have the time to tell my story i want mm-hmm. to uh encourage and inspire people right versus right. Right. the first time around on drag race that was not my goal. I right. came on here to make a little extra money and travel and stuff. Like, honey, I ain't come to be no advocate or save lives. That wasn't. Yeah. But I was telling my story because it was my story. Right. You know, right. I wasn't thinking what me telling my story was going to do for the next person or how it would save somebody or 
I don't think it works that way. And then when people yeah. do that, when people do that deliberately, like I'm going to inspire people and it's kind of like, no, it doesn't work that way. It's kind of like you only Coco Peru once told me that people are hardwired. Human beings are hardwired to recognize the truth. Yeah. When you stood in your truth on that show, it just, it just changed everything. Now I wasn't kidding when I said I fell down a Trinity K Bonet YouTube hole. I watched a lot of pageant footage when I knew I was going to interview you. How many pageant titles do you hold? Oh, God, Jesus, maybe 24. Wow. 24. Wow. Yeah. Which which is the biggest one? Which is the highest one? Which is like the one that you look at? Which crown and scepter do you look at and go, holy shit, that means a lot to me? Uh, well, as of now, uh, Miss Westland, and I'm mm. actually still reigning Westland right now. I'm still the queen. Westland, what what kingdom is Westland? Is that like a southern area? Is it yeah, like a? It's uh, East okay. Coast, uh, East Coast pageant. Um, did you ever win Miss Miss Flea Market? I did not. I never even got to compete <laughs> for Miss Flea Market. They stopped having it before, but if if I could have did it, I would have definitely, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, Westland would be the highest. But like I said, this week I will be in Chicago competing for Miss Continental. And it, Miss Continental is the epitome of pageantry. Yes, uh, yes. So and have you hopefully. you've been in that pageant before, though, right? You've, you've yeah, that's the in that that's pageant. the talent when I did the gold disco talent. Right, beautiful. Yeah. So I'm going Absolutely this year beautiful. to win, to win. Actually, me, yes, and uh, Nasha Lopez, all from Drag Race, we're all competing this weekend. So. Oh my God, Silky made. I mean, talk about a redemption arc. Her episode. Yeah was unbelievable i mean just watching her slay person after person in the arena was absolutely amazing everybody loves the chemistry between you and eureka this season you guys yeah. had a had a genuine friendship and it was so lovely and she had that one moment with you when she said as a big girl you paying attention meant a lot to me tell us can you what can you tell us about your relationship with eureka your friendship that's my friend i mean you know mm -hmm. I mean, at the time, like, as the, the first time you go on Drag Race, if you don't know anybody in the room, you're to yourself. Like, you're in your thoughts. You have nobody to talk right. to. You could buy in. Right. So, the second time around, I knew I wanted to come in and make friends, but girls are still very, you know, cautious about who they... And then they're competing. You know, some people yeah. are very competitive. How can I be friends with somebody? How can I get close to somebody that I'm competing with? That's yeah. that's the, always the tricky part of the, the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're intimidated by the person that you're competing mm -hmm. with, but mm -hmm. me, I don't, I'm not intimidated by anybody. I'm my biggest okay. competitor, so mm -hmm. I can still compete and have fun at the same time. But with Eureka, I think she kind of, in a sense, feel the same way. Now, don't get me wrong. Eureka's competitive, but yeah, she knows how to still be a friend and hang out and joke around. So we just gravitated to each other the most. And secretly, I call everybody Bay. Like that's like my little short way of saying, you yeah, know, okay, Bay, okay, Bay. I call you Bay. You know, stuff like that. So yeah, that's a natural thing. And with me saying it to her in the circum under the circumstances, it kind of pushed off like this. Oh, they go together. You know, they they like each other. Yeah. yeah, and I do like Eureka. Like I said, she is definitely boyfriend husband material. Like I know her from the inside, talking on a personal note. Yeah, so I know what she has to offer. And I think that she's a very beautiful soul. So that's going to always be my friend. And we saw her through your eyes and your interaction. We saw her be seen. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, as Oprah said, everybody wants to be heard. 
and everybody mm -hmm. wants to be seen for who they are. And you did that. And it, the, the, the friendship between you is very beautiful. Now in the first season, you said, did you not know anybody on your first season? No. Wow. That's an intimidating I group of girls too. Season yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the girls for a second. Uh, Kylie, who I absolutely love. Um, so lovable. Did you become friends? Did you become close? Yeah. Well, I mean, Kylie, Kylie's from Atlanta. She, her, her yeah. show career started here. And so you know each other from Atlanta? Yeah, we perform together and work at clubs and stuff. So we've always kind of had like a relationship. Um, and Kylie's a sweet girl. Very, very nice and talented. Yeah. Um, I'm excited that she's made the top four. I was very happy to see yeah. her in the workroom. I thought that she was a great first official full-figured representation of the yeah. trans community on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I say that full figure, meaning augmentation, fully augmentation. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, um, yeah. But, but she's still a queen. She's still a showgirl. Yeah, it doesn't queen, change definitely. her. Yeah, And yeah, it was so yeah. organic. And that's the part that, you know, I loved about it. Like, it didn't feel like her and us. It was just us. You know, it was the girls. Exactly. Exactly. And I felt the same way about Got Mick. Like, yeah. after I, her season, like, it was like, and I'm saying, I'm using the word pronoun, uh, the she as a, a queen. She fit in with everybody right yeah. away. She was one yeah. of the guys immediately. And yeah. I love that Kylie had that same thing because like trans women, if, if you're in, if you're no, if you're not a stranger to the a drag scene, there's always a trans girl in the lineup. There's the funny girl, there's the big girl, there's the twirling girl, and then there's the trans girl. There's always one in the lineup. And she really brought Rightfully it this, so. this season. Yeah. Um, Ginger, did you know Ginger before? I, I knew of Ginger. We spoke in passing through pageantry, you know, like through pageantry and stuff like that. But yeah, we got yeah, close yeah. on the show as well. And I'm a huge fan of Ginger. I think she's extremely yeah. talented. And it's really so organic talented. and natural how she could just snap in and out of characters and stuff like that. And she takes her work very yeah. seriously. So uh, excited and proud of her as well. And a good actor. I love her in that movie on Netflix, um, Dumplin'. She's so funny in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then last but not least, Raja. Uh, did you know each other beforehand? Not before. Again, just casual. You and Miss O'Hara. Goodbye. Yeah. And uh, another uh, relationship built on the show. Um it, everything that we said that we want, the, everything that I stated that I wanted on the show, I got. You know, I you got. Did. Uh, I got friendships. You know, I got redemption. I got. Yes. Great professionals. <laughs> uh, you know, right. I, I I was pleased with everything. Um, yeah, your booking fee is going to go through the roof. It, it is. It has definitely been nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. So where have you been? I. I I've been following uh, folks on the Instagrams, and I follow you. Where Where have you been touring since the show? I um, haven't been like overseas or anything. I was supposed to be in the UK actually this month, but I canceled. Mm -hmm. Oh, I that's right. Prepare for the pageant, but um, yeah. I did. Um, I've been to Providence, Vegas. I mean, just regular places. I haven't yeah. actually traveled a whole lot, really. Honestly, not the the bigger things are coming up uh, in the next couple months. Next month, I well, October, I am in the UK doing a stage play. Ha, I'm acting. Beautiful. What are you doing? I'm playing like a fairy godmother. It's like a, it's like a, yes. it's like a, a, a Cinderella Disney yeah. type of feel of, of the play. And then I'm like a, a Beyonce-esque uh, fairy god, uh, uh, excuse me. Oh, uh, they're going to eat you up. Yeah. And then I'm actually, I think I'm, I might, I might be booking the Christmas tour. 
for the holidays, which oh, is so fun because I love Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas too. And then I'll be in the UK all January for my birthday. I'm doing a shit. How many cities? It's a bunch of cities. Like, like wow. too many cities. <laughs> so yeah, a girl on the road. Yeah. Do you travel alone or is there somebody helping you out? Normally, yes, but um, I'm working on getting an assistant because I'm at the point in my career where I need an assistant. So I, when I say I'm a super fan, I'm not shitting you. I, I, you're gonna get, you're gonna have to file a restraining order shortly because I'm <laughs> that crazy you. about you. You're, I love you too, babe. You're you. so, you're so crazy talented. But beyond that, you're a soulful, beautiful person, and I'm glad Can everybody you, got to see that. This when season. I was, I was. Uh, Growing up, I would I would watch, of course, half and half, and yes. I would see you in that workroom uh, at the music label, and I was like, he's so funny and so just open and fluent. And they let me be, they let me be as queer as I wanted to be, and it was great because that character was never punished for it. It was yeah. always kind of celebrated, and and I drove everybody crazy. A, a great fun good time all right before we wrap up where can people find you next and where can people find you on your socials uh all of my socials are trinity k bonet uh mm-hmm. you can find me everything trinity k bonet my website is imtkb.com where you can also see my schedule and calendar and buy merch buy merch buy her merch um definitely uk people you'll see me asap um and we're working on a us tour me and jane we're doing a beyonce and gaga tour soon so yeah Ah, you're going to have so much fun. And all those British boys are going to eat you up with a spoon. Um, uh, That's it for this week's episode of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Make sure you tune into WOW Presents Plus on Mondays for new episodes of the WOW Podcast Network's Night Fever, featuring New York nightlife legends of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. And for James Apalooza, celebrating all things James St. James. We have a special offer at World of Wonder. Uh, Check out our World of Wonder store at worldofwonder.com for all of our wonderful products. You can save 10% off with the code Drag Race Podcast. The official RuPaul's Drag Race Podcast is every Wednesday on the WOW Podcast Network. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can listen to my mental health podcast, Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. We've had tons of queens on the show from RuPaul's Drag Race. Trixie, Ben De La Creme, um, uh, Bob the Drag Queen, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Uh, tune in and wherever podcasts are streamed. And we'll see you next week. Tune in next week. What's going to happen? It's the finale of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 6. This has been the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye! This has been a World of Wonder production. 